Hello, this is Nisha Riley. Welcome back to the Purple Psychology Podcast. We're on episode 101, and I'm going to talk about what does growth feel like. So it's somewhat ironic that I should come back to the podcast after a break and do an episode on growth, having made the decision for the first time to actually do the podcast by myself. Um, It seems like fitting synergy. So for me, growth is usually sparked by something profound that I read. And one of the books that I've read over the last few months is The Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukov. I think I'm pronouncing that right. One of the downsides of me doing the podcast by myself is that I don't always um, have the ability to read the author's names. So any books I talk about, I'll put links to them on the Facebook page, which is just Purple Psychology. In the 25th edition forward for this book, Oprah talks about the fact that this book came to her at the perfect time. It was a time when she was craving deeper connections, harmony, joy. She was looking for something. And she says that the book put into words what her soul already knew, but had been trying to tell me. And I suppose, for me, um, the two things that I have read over the last few months that started um, a spiral of thought in my head were this book and also The Young's Four Stages of Life. So I'm going to talk a little bit about those and just about what it feels like to have a growth spurt, because I've realised from working with a number of clients over the last few months that there is sort of key points where you jump over hurdles and that different personalities need different factors to be able to jump over those hurdles and and they're quite they're quite different and I suppose as we go through life maybe the periods of time extend over how quickly we come to the next hurdle and how quickly we make the next jump and sometimes for people um, who are very high achieving as the goals get bigger and you can sometimes find that actually you need to sort of step back and stay in a certain phase and get a certain amount right in your life or stay in a job or stay in a position or it can appear as if you plateau for a while when what you're actually really doing is sort of going into what I think of as an incubator phase. So you go into a, into a phase where there's enough right in your life um, and a good way to think about this in fact is Maslow's hierarchy of needs because It's a very simple concept that there's a sort of a pyramid and on the bottom of the pyramid there's the basic things you have to get right like somewhere nice to live, somewhere warm, um, having nice things to eat, um, you know, and then as you step up through the pyramid you step out into the world and it's more about what you create, what you achieve, um, how you interact with other people, what what you seek from other people and other interactions around you and so on. So sometimes when you want to step out of yourself and into the what I think of as the outer world, you know, you have to get so much right in the inner world. And it's okay to take a step back occasionally and to sort of compartmentalise and almost, I suppose, cocoon yourself into a space where there's enough right to allow you to step to the next stages. And I think sometimes that people who are very high achieving can be very hard on themselves as to the fact that they have had to take those sort of what they seem like as, you know, breaks or times where they don't feel like they're achieving a lot. And, and this can happen, happen too, even with, with younger people that I work with, where you put yourself under a massive amount of pressure, say, in, um, in final exams to get your place in university, and then you get in there. And there's a sense where you have to sort of, rather than constantly pushing and focusing on the grades, on what you have to do, 
you do have to sort of realise, well, I've got here and now there's a certain amount around me to enjoy and to allow me to grow and to allow me to experience. So in the same way as when you're in a job at a certain phase and a certain stage, it's okay to put your resources into travel or into socialising or into other experiences that you need to do in that, that time period in order to boost you to the next stage. It doesn't always have to be about the next career goal. When Jung talks about the four stages of life, it can be kind of divided in half. The first two are quite um, self-obsessed and the last two are quite external and you go beyond yourself. So in the first phase, your personal appearance matters to you a lot. In the second phase, it's your achievements and the goals that you set for yourself to make yourself feel whole to a certain degree. The third phase is about doing things for people beyond yourself and about using your talents to give something back to other people around you and to forward people who are in your surroundings and to help them from what your experiences you have learned to date and what you've created. And the last one is a sort of um, a building on that to a more sort of universal theme and it's not necessarily just the people in your small insular surrounding that you know it's more of a wider universal sense and it, it's funny because you can see a lot of tangents again because there's an idea that there's a missing um, level to Maslow's hierarchy needs which would actually really um, feel different in society at the moment and it's a sense that society sort of goes beyond itself and does things to sustain the next um, generations and the next level and there's an idea at the moment that the Maslow didn't quite finish writing that up. And in fact, it's just sort of a key to, to solving a lot of things that are happening, a lot of unrest that's happening in the world at the moment. So what I'm quite interested in is what people need at the different stages. So obviously in the, the first stage, there's a lot of security. And I've done an episode a few months ago on unconditional love. And it's this sense of having this sort of core and having this core belief, and almost having the sort of space to be quite self-evolved, to always feel that, that everything is in your control and that everything works out. And I suppose what, I, what I've seen in a, in a lot of situations with younger children that I've worked with, when they don't feel secure is when it seems like as if so much goes wrong that shouldn't ever go wrong. And there is a sense that they, they don't feel like they have any control of their, their environment. And a lot of negative behaviours and a lot of anxiety and, and a lot of self-harm in particular comes from the fact that people need to learn how to control something because there's so much outside of their environment that they don't feel that they have control in. So that's the first stage. The next stage has got to do with achievements and I think this is the most fascinating one because for some people these achievements are very much in your body. They're very um, sports-driven it's all about sports milestones um, and, and what you win. For other people, it's, it's creative. It's about um, music or art or writing. It's about having your own voice and learning how to express your inner voice in some sort of tangible, creative way. For other people, it's very much an education milestone, particularly... From my personality, what I've seen is that we have to stay in education um, for quite a long time and achieve what we feel is a, is a huge knowledge base 
from quite a diverse area and quite often in something peripheral to what we actually end up working in. So there's a sense of amalgamating a lot of knowledge in order to be able to create new systems and new ideas and to be able to put all of that together. For some people, it's books that they, that they read. It's a key concept or a key idea. A hero or a researcher or some concept that really um, bites their interest and is a, a, a huge kind of um, sense of something that they want to question or live up to. For some people, it's a person that they meet. There's a lot of very feeling people, and it can be either a family member, I think, in their lives sometimes that has, has a big influence over them, or um, a mentor or somebody. Um, I talked before Christmas on the book that I read, How to Be a Boy, and there was very much a sense in that of meeting somebody outside of your sphere who sees something in you and believes in you. So there's some people who really need that external belief from somebody um, and quite often separate to their families. And for some people, there's a sense of creating um, even sort of a, a vision or a vision board or a map of things that they want to create and want to do in their lives. As with all things in life, I think as you go through these stages that sometimes the hurdles, if they, they get higher and they get harder to get over, um, and, and what you feel you have to do in order to jump the next hurdle can just seem like that bit more. It's like as if you go back into this sort of um, almost a kind of a, a compression chamber. And I think when you do have these growth phases, that some of the interesting patterns that I've seen over the years that I've, I've noticed are that there is always a, a book involved for me. There's, there's always um, a series of ideas that are brought to me in sort of random ways. Um, I'm not somebody who tends to remember my dreams, but, but some people do remember their dreams very well and they start to um, you know, have, it's quite common for clients that I work with to have recurring dreams or nightmares. Um, there can be a big sort of shift in your sleeping patterns and not necessarily always in a bad way. Um, they say that it's quite interesting the reasons why you wake up certainly between three and six in the morning every morning. And if you do that repeatedly for months, you probably know that there's something big on the way. You can have quite a lot of negative experiences. When you start to grow and you start to change and you start to develop who you are, you may find that you outgrow the people around you um, and that they're not always necessarily, they don't even know why, but they just see a shift in you. And it was funny because I was only having this conversation with my teaching team um, last weekend. It's a real sort of test of people around you whether or not they are happy to see you grow. And if they, it's not even a happiness to see you grow, but if they're actually able to allow you to change, or if they, sometimes people feel that they know you too well and, and they want you to actually stand still. And I think it's very interesting when I see um, relationships with people. Um, for me, a really good relationship is one where both parties actually get to grow together and allow each other to do that. And I think quite often that some of the reasons why relationships don't work is because people grow at different rates or they can't accept that somebody is growing and is changing. Um, you'll quite often have quite a lot of bad nights out. You'll have a lot of nights where you feel like an even bigger alien than you usually do or you've just found it incredibly boring or you've just felt like, you know, the person there who hasn't talked very much all night because you don't necessarily really share the opinions of people around you. 
you feel like you're in the, the wrong space, the wrong clothes, and just wonder why you ever went out. But simultaneously, what will tend to happen is that you'll bump into the most random people that you haven't connected with for a while. And there are all sorts of people who have maybe cropped up in your past at key times, or they may be projects that you've worked on in the past, or a former job, or that person who was always on the peripheral of the group that you wanted to know better. And so, while in some ways some of the connections in your life may begin to sort of shatter, other ones will really grow in depth. And I think that this brings back to Oprah's comments about this book, because there was a sense for her in wanting a deeper connection with people when she read The Seat for the Soul. And so I think when you do grow into who you are, the people that are in your um, life that align with that, you will end up having deeper conversations and maybe the sort of wackier conversations that you wouldn't have with everybody else. So there's, there's always a sense of that. And I think at every time that I've gone through a growing spurt in my life, I've seen that I may sort of seem to consolidate a bit, a bit condense a bit, and I will end up spending a certain portion of time on my own very happily in order to process and reflect. But the time that I do spend with people has a real depth to it. Um, you quite often find that you'll have the same patterns of conversations with people too and the same ideas will be said to you in different ways and it's this whole idea of if you start to see look for the signs that are, that are in your world and you become more aware of those and the sort of synchronicities that are out there and you start to see ideas popping up you know. so if you have kind of felt that you've been in a job for quite a while and you haven't made that quantum jump or you have had a creative project brewing in the background, you may start to see over and over, you know, the company that you would be like to be working for. You may, their, their, their logo might start appearing in the most random places. And, you know, every time you log, in, log into your LinkedIn profile, you might find that there's either somebody from that company is connected with you and so on. So there's a lot in growth, in learning to actually look for what I see as these sort of touchstones. And in the same way as I talked about what people needed to jump through the different stages, whether it was certain achievements or whether it's people or whether it's an academic piece of paper or whether it's a book or a person or whatever it is. There are those sort of anchor points that you need that will start to come out in your life. And a lot to do with growth is learning to tap into those signals. So hopefully you've enjoyed the new format of this podcast. I guess the reason for the shift for me is that in the past in the podcast I found myself very much from the footing of answering questions and though in some ways it's quite daunting to sit in a room and basically talk to yourself. It's quite funny because people, I've been getting quite a bit of feedback on the podcast over the last few months from new people who've come to it and they sort of say to me that they feel that they already know me and that they sat down and had coffee with me because I guess you know they've sat down and they've drunk their coffee listening to me talk. When you're always answering questions which is very similar to doing a radio interview you always have that that sense that you're waiting for the next question in order to to flow the thought process. What I've really enjoyed in a lot of audiobooks that I've listened to recently myself is listening to the thought process that people have and the span of interest and knowledge that they have and how they've brought that all together and talked about it and 
it's allowed them to just bring in what ideas come into their head. And I suppose that the reason I've decided to record a new podcast is to try and get that sense of the spectrum of the thought that goes on in my head and how I would like to bring in lots of ideas that don't obviously go together. A bit like, I guess it's a bit like a Joyce novel with the stream of consciousness. So that's what I'm trying to create in a new format and hopefully you'll enjoy it and still feel that you're having coffee with me.